Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the Supercoach episode of the week. Supercoach TLT round 20. Cannot believe we're coming up to round 20. Feels like just yesterday, we're all finalising our teams for round one, getting ready. And it's really become pretty jaded pretty quickly at this point with uh, a lot of teams probably um, licking their wounds and deciding to go head-to-head or a lot of head-to-head teams not going to make the uh, the finals, because that's going to start after this week as well for a lot of leagues. And then, you know, the overall guys just decided where they might end up and what their goals are going to be, because you've got to keep re-establishing those as you either free fall or go up. And we've only got not many rounds left now. So on the podcast tonight, we've got not a debut, but uh, a guy that came on for a talk and footy episode, which is great. Uh, a person as well who also jumps on another podcast that he co-hosts with a few of his mates called We Got the Chocolates podcast, which is a great one, combination of sport and social stuff and friends and sport and watching sport, playing sport and all that sort of stuff. And pretty hand, handy cricketer as well. So, Andrew, uh, appreciate you coming on again, mate. Andrew Goat, you've uh, you've had a pretty good cricket career yourself, mate, but you've also got the We Got the Chocolates podcast, but you're an avid super coacher as well. Yeah, mate, thanks for having me on, firstly. No, it, um, well, it's actually sort of even semi-getting into cricket pre-season now, which is a bit weird to talk about. It's crazy how, how fast this year's gone. Um, but, yeah, no, um, super coaches, it's it's the winter activity for us. Like I said, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a group of mates who we're just you know, absolutely obsessed with super coach like the rest of us. Um, and, yeah, starting to put together a semi-decent year. It's, like I said, it's great to be on and actually be able to chat about it because, like I said, it's, it's a real passion of mine. It's, uh, it's such good fun, so... Oh, it's great fun. And look, before we get into it, why don't you give your podcast a plug? Tell us about the We Got the Chocolates podcast. Yeah, so basically um, one of my best mates, Lee, and his brother Mitch sort of started it off um, basically just in their lounge room. Um, they're, they're just cricket lovers, basically, but sport lovers, just like the rest of us. Um, I sort of came on halfway through. Lee was actually emceed my wedding. He, can, he just could you know, sort of talk under wet concrete. Um, so I'd jump on it. Yeah, basically, like you said, mate, we... we Throw in a bit of sports stuff, yeah. Basically, how we, yeah, it's the locker room to the lounge room is how we sort of say it. So stuff, stuff that everyone wants to talk about in the change room, um, you know, movie stuff, bit of pop culture stuff, but mainly like our, our first love is a sport. So we always try and get back to talking sport. Um, I bring as much NRL as to I can because, like I said, that's my my passion. The other two boys are more um, into their AFL, which is fine as well. But no, like it, like I said, I try and get as much NRL stuff in there as well. But it's it's good fun. We get together on a Monday night. And, have a beer or two and talk a bit of shit, which is good fun. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it does sound fantastic. Listen to a number of episodes and it's a lot of fun. So if you want to give that one a whirl, you can find that one pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Andrew, like I said, I mentioned that you're a cricketer as well. You're obviously a massive rugby league fan, but, you know, sure, change yourself not talking about it. You, you know, you went to the Queensland Academy of Sport, Queensland under-19s. You got, mate, you've had a you've had a pretty decent cricket wicket. Yeah, it's um, oh, it, it sort of... I was not a late developer. I sort of made a lot of sort of junior sides and stuff. I was always, I guess, uh, I call it the utility. I was always the guy that sort of batted six and seven and bowled a little bit, um, sort of filling a lot of spots. And um, yeah, had a few really good years in first grade up here. And like I said, played, I played a fair bit of second level for Queensland. Managed to play one one day game for Queensland, which is a bit of a running joke on our podcast because I got a first ball duck and. Um, against your boys, oh, no. New South Wales guys. So uh, it's like a poor yeah, so isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like I said, like it's you know, if I was a different person, like you'd sort of be taking offence to be you know, me 
being me like we have we tend to have a bit of laugh about it and stuff but no like and cricket sort of taking a bit of a back step now i've got a couple of young ones um so sort of still playing a little bit for valleys in the first grade comp up here but um like i said it's winter now so all eyes on the footy every weekend and for Supercoach, you're eyeing off the top 500. You're at 5.11 at the moment. So you've had a pretty good season. Um, I guess your goals will probably be trying to get to maybe the top 200 or something in the final six games of the season. Or how's your year sort of gone? Because obviously it's been a good one. I mean, 5.11 is nothing to sneeze at at this point. Yeah, it started off really slow. Um, I think like I, I, like a lot of people, started with we. I started with a lot of roosters and I thought, they would go really, really well to start the year. Like I'm sure a lot of people did as well. I so I think I ended up starting with five of them. And that first week I ended up scoring barely anything. It was ranked about 70,000. I thought, hold on, I've got this, got this wrong. Um, and I was just saying to you off air, it's been a sort of a real gradual climb. And I've managed to nail a couple of decent captains the last two weeks with Teddy. And then I, I VC Manu the week before, which is sort of, it's amazing how big a difference, even captaining a guy who gets 80 compared to captaining a guy who gets 150. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you, you're you picking up 150, 200 points every week. So, yeah, up to top, uh, nearly top 500. Uh, my best finish, I got 302nd a few years ago, so I reckon that's probably the, the overall goal. But um, I've got a couple of decent head to le- head leagues going as well, like we all do with a bit of cash involved. So that's, that's I guess, a good one as well. And they're always good fun to have a bit of banter with your mates. But, yeah, trying to get in that top, you know, like you said, 300, 200, I don't think I'll be getting anywhere near the top 100. But... It's it's good fun trying to get up as high as you can. Yeah, and that's a great segue into the first part of the podcast, which is always our strategy conversation before we hit the TLT discussion points. And look, at the moment, I think that the big thing is that we've got one week and then it's going to be head-to-head finals starting. So with a lot of teams, uh, this is a point where you need to make some decisions around that. And probably, you know, there's some teams that are still overall end head to head. I kind of try and do both still. You know, I'm annoyingly 15 yep. spots out of the top 1,000, which just, it's just been such a long, arduous month to, to get to that, you know, thousands in the top 1,000 and 15 spots out. I just, I was so annoyed this week. <laughs> I had a good week, but I was annoyed that it wasn't. <laughs> it's just even that three, you know, want to see the three numbers yeah, there, not the four it. numbers there. Yeah, it's such a I, mental thing. I was thing. hoping just yeah. to see the three numbers. I didn't care what three numbers they were. I just wanted the three numbers. So I'll get there this week. But uh, look, it's one of those things where I think that teams really need to take note of what their goals are. Uh, and what I mean is, especially for head-to-head teams. And, for head-to-head teams as well, it might even mean not trading this week. And that's something that I know is blasphemy for a lot of super coaches because trading is an addiction. Everyone loves to use them. And, you know, if you've got trades left and you're not making any this week, then you're a bum and you should be. That's very much the, that's very much the mentality <laughs> yeah. of everyone. Yeah, you feel, you feel you feel like dirty for not doing yep. anything. Yeah, and, you know, trading's fun. But if you're locked into your head-to-head finals already and it doesn't matter what happens this week, then you should be you should probably be saving your trades unless you have monetary issues in trades that you needed to make next week that makes you need to make them this week. And that's something that I think everybody should probably consider if you're a head-to-head team and you don't need to worry about next week, then a lot of the time you don't need to be making those trades and you'll be much better off having them down the track because I don't think anyone, well, I don't think many teams are going to have enough trades for every single week going through to a grand final and making two trades that week. And it can be very handy the more trades that you have as a head-to-head player going into finals. And then there's the other players that are head-to-head as well that actually have to win this week. And those players, I think the strategy really needs to be you've got to get points this week and it doesn't matter what happens after that. 
and I've seen a lot of teams just the last couple of days even that they're thinking probably a little bit more long-term um, and they know they've got to win this week, but it's sort of the trades that they're making, you know, it, it's probably not the best because it's going to be great long-term, but if you're out of the finals after next week, then it, it really doesn't matter. So for those head-to-head teams, Andrew, they should just be looking at this week only and saying, who are the high ceiling guys? You know, Payne, Payne Hass is someone that we're going to talk about later, and Big Payne had a massive week on the weekend, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to give you a big ceiling win. Um, and that's probably really important if you have to have a win this week, getting a solid, maybe a solid 60 isn't really going to cut it. And certainly because Payne scored a try last week, yeah. you can sort of say, well, it's very unlikely he's going to get a ton this week. So those are the type of um, traps that I would I would say are traps for head-to-head teams at the moment. If you need to make the finals, sometimes making the best trade isn't actually the best trade for you to get there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I actually, I actually had Hass written down as well. And you, I think you hit the nail on the head with that with that type of trade. And that could be sort of anyone. But yeah, with the head-to-head stuff, yeah, I, I'm in a sort of similar position where I'm in. I'm guaranteed in a head-to-head final position, but I'm in fifth in one of the leagues. And I think it's pretty important for the head-to-head guys to like try and get that top four spot because it means there's sort of, if you can win that sort of qualifying final, you, you, there's an actual week there where you then don't have to trade at all. And that's how you yeah. can sort of save yeah. trades. So like, I think the only sort of reason you'd sort of trade is if you want to just make sure you get those final must-have guys. Like, like for example, I traded out Nico a couple of weeks ago um, to get Pappenhausen. So my only trade this week would be just to get him back and just make sure I'm set up, ready to go. Whereas if I really wanted to push and push the envelope, like you could probably go for one of those sort of higher upside guys that we're probably going to speak about and like guarantee that win. But it's so team and league dependent. But in an ideal world, I don't think there's any huge guys this week that scream out, you've got to pick me this week. So you can sort of nearly sit on your hands a little bit and go, wait, what's happening? You might wait till sort of Saturday night and sort of go, hey, do I need to actually do anything or can I just wait until next week? Well, that's the other thing too that's important too, and it's not even just a wait to next week. It's um, I think a lot of teams get, and I do this too. Like I, I, I look at it all week, and I talk, and I not talk myself into, but I ended up getting set on a trade. Yeah, and that's fine for overall, but it's not good at all in head to head, let alone in head to head when you're in a must win week. Um, because what happens is it, it doesn't really look at your matchup at all. You know, it's like if you the Roosters on Thursday night playing Manly, you know, it's like that you're preparing Mm. uh, as if you're not playing anyone. Whereas, you know, obviously the Roosters are going to prepare like they're playing Manly and they're going to plan accordingly because of that. And that's how you should be doing it in Supercoach. You should be waiting with your trades, do some practice trades, but wait until you get to this round. And certainly if you can, like wait for the first two or three games to actually pass before you make any trades, if you can do that, because you're going to get a really good indication of where your round's at. And I mean, look, you might... Captain Teddy outright on a Thursday and he scores 200 points and then three games in, you're just murdering the other team and they've got no chance of winning. And then you know you've got the victory, you know you're going to finals and you don't need to make any trades. But reverse, Andrew, you could get there and go, right, getting a pain house in isn't going to do anything for me and even getting another forward in isn't going to do anything for me because all of a sudden... I'm I'm very low odds of winning this. So I need guys that can score 100 to 150 points. Yeah. So I'm going to get two center wings in, even if that's going to stuff my team in two weeks, doesn't matter. That's the only way I'm going to be able to win this one. And you're only going to get that information if you actually wait and see what happens during your matchup and see what the other team's going to throw at you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, and even sort of on the defensive side, if you've got 
trades and it is sort of a you know do or die sort of class. If they've got a, a unique player and you've still got the ability to trade, actually trading in that unique player might be an option. If it's you know if it's going to guarantee you two points, or even if you're in the head-to-head finals, if it's going to get you through the next week of finals, like you know let, let's say uh, someone's got. Um, yeah, Ryan Madison left on a Sunday afternoon. And if you've got someone there, Max King, who you can trade to him, you know, that's that's a good reason to actually just sort of sit on your hands and wait and sort of see um, what's exactly happening, whether you need to attack by getting, a, you know, a, a Cronulla winger in or you need to defend by getting a, you know, a Cameron Murray or a Payne Haas or whatever in. So th- there's so many different ways you can do it. But I think the key with it is actually just, having a little bit of patience and waiting wait till the team list comes out first and foremost so wait till that hour you know hour four kickoff where you get the final team list because you don't want to be training blokes like a day for feet who ends up on the bench or anything but you know actually having the patience and waiting and sort of see what's what's happening sort of like a mini game of chess yeah it really is and um and you raise a really good point with that as well as far as matching um and matching is really important and it's particularly important this round because there's actually a couple of um, potentially big matchups for scoring on Sunday. So particularly like with North Queensland versus Dragons, you wouldn't want to yep. um, be 50 up and have someone have a drink water and, and you know, you could have gotten them in um, and you're playing a, a Max King or something and it's even money or something like that. You know, those North Queensland yep. players have high upside to really hurt you and being able to trade and eliminate that really could help. Um, the same in the spine too. Like I think a lot of players with Supercoach uh, have a spot in their spine at the moment or someone to trade out, whether that's a Mam or a Cody Walker or something. Yep. And they're probably set on someone. But, you know, if you can wait, then having that extra spot there ready to go, it, it could mean the difference of, you know, on Saturday night going, you know what, instead of getting Latrell, he's going to be the 5.30 game on a Saturday in the middle of the round. I'm actually going to get a Matt Burton to match this guy because if I can eliminate that high upside game yep. on the Sunday afternoon against Newcastle, then I'm pretty much set for this win. So the matchings are a really good point from you as well. Um, look, it's it's also one of those things too where when we're talking about this, we need to mention the overall guys. Uh, and I certainly think that mm-hmm. I'm in this boat. Um, I don't know where you are on trades. How many trades have you got left and how far away are you from like a team that you're really happy with for the, for the run home now? Um I'm pretty close. Um, I, I have seven before trades this round, and I'll, like the one trade I'll definitely make will be um, Mam to Nico. So I generated some funds for that um, last week, and that'll leave me with six. And I, I, I sort of set like, like I'm pretty sort of I'm pretty sort of flexible with like how I sort of do um, the super coach. But I did want to have I, I sort of set myself a little goal about a month ago to try and have six for head to head finals for that last four. Um, for that last four games, well, hopefully three if you win those sort of qualifying finals, but to, just to give yourself that maximum chance to use two, like so one to maybe one to attack and one to defend, so to speak. So, you know, for blokes, you know, you got a Val Holmes who's playing the Tigers or, well, you know, they've played the Tigers last week, we're playing someone, you know, in round 23, they can go, oh my God, that's scary. I can trade like a, you know, a, a Taylor May to him for that week to match or, or whatever. So I just wanted to make sure I had just a little bit left in the bank, I reckon. Yeah, that's a good amount of trades for you. Uh, that's that's really good. Like six after making a trade this week, I reckon is really good. I've only got three trades myself, so I'm really yep. I'm really skint on trades, but I'm only really got to get Munster. Munster's the only guy that I really want to get, and I've got a 300k yep. bank to be able to do that. Oh, beautiful. Task to Munster straight away through Jules. So it's really easy yep. for me, and then I've got two trades. But what I'm seeing is, and like what I had a tendency to look at myself as well, I'm I'm a team that has a couple of, 
um, little deficiencies. One of them is my centre wing isn't deep enough, um, but by getting Munster in for a, a task, it actually moves uh, one of my fullbacks, being Joey Manu, into my centre wing to give me that depth as well. So that trade sort of helps there. But the other thing too is that I've got two starting front row forwards and, and nobody behind that aside from Andrew Fafita wasting away there yep. with his 25 points a game. Yeah. So I yeah. lose a front row forward and I'm in big trouble. Um, so yeah. I've got to be cognizant of that. I can't just make, um, you know, th- these last two trades, I can't just make them over the next two weeks. I need to really hold one of them to be able to say, okay, well, um, Isaiah Papali, he's injured and he's gone. I-, I need to just trade him straight away to the next best front rower. Um, and I need to be able to do that. I'm seeing a lot of teams at the moment burning through the trades, and I get the strategy, Andrew, because I'm I'm often big on just look, burn through it, don't worry about it, get the team that you want on the park, get the best buys, and just go for it, and just run out mm-hmm. of trades. It's fine, but you, if you do that, you got to have cover everywhere that's at least good enough to be able to play in your 17 if someone gets injured or hurt. Because if you're going to go through, you know, after this week, we've still got what, five rounds of footy. Um, so yep. it's it's going to be really tough if you end up with, say, using two of your trades this week and having no backup hooker and, and no backup, say, half pack, and then mm-hmm. you know one of them goes down next week or both. If both goes down, you're going to be copying an AE every week. So teams probably really need to look at their team build, and this is probably where, Andrew, as well, you just sort of pull back and go, look, is it a luxury trade to get this other trade guy in, you know, whoever that is. And I'll, I'll go out on a limb. Like I said, I need Munster. I actually don't have Harry Grant. And I've actually looked at it and gone, you know what? Um, I've got Robson who's outscoring Grant pretty well at the moment. And I really wanted Harry Grant, but I'm probably better off keeping two trades because I've got so much susceptibility that if someone gets hurt in my front row forward, or even if Robson goes down, I have to play Brandon Smith when he comes back next week. You know, it's, I need to I need to keep some up my sleeve. So I'm probably better off because Robson's scoring as as good as Grant anyway. Just holding that trade and be able to use it in the next five rounds if somebody goes down and I have to replace them because I don't have any backup. I don't think some teams are probably looking at that, and they probably should. Yeah, I agree, and especially with the, the the Harry Grant one as well. I, I'm in the same boat with you. I've got the Chiefs sort of sitting there as that reserve. So, but I, I think I'm sure we might talk about it sort of through the teams. Well, I think wasting sort of trades on that hooker position as well, and probably similar to the front row. Like I, I think they can be best spent or better spent elsewhere, unless it's absolute emergency. But I think there's sort of ways around it. Um, in regards to mine, I, I'm. I've, I'm in that position where, similar to you, I have Manu at fullback at the moment. And in, a do, in an ideal world, I'd like to get him up to the centre wings and, and sort of bring in a decent fullback. Um, but I think that might just have to wait. Just, again, because I just, do I want to, like you said, do I want to waste, uh, you know, a pretty vital trade luxury just to get maybe one more centre wing guy in there um, when I've already, you know, I've got, you know, I've got enough there to cover just for the time being. So it's, it's really tricky and it's so team dependent, but I think having that that depth of squad is, is pretty crucial if you do have little trades. So you've got heaps of reserves and you've got 23, 24 players and you've got no trades and you can sort of half get away with it. But, you know, if you've got two trade lefts and only got 19 players and especially like, I think what we're forgetting from last year as well, like there's every chance six blokes get ruled out in round 25. Like there's no way Cleary plays round 25. Like I know a lot of guys have got Yo and kick out from the Panthers. Like they're every chance to get an arrest. So, I know it happened to me last year. I was sitting really good. I think I was in about a thousand. Then I, I ended up with fourteen players for um, round twenty-five last year, and even random guys like Tyson Frizzell were getting ruled out. I thought, oh, Jesus Christ! Like, how am I? What are you meant to do here? So, 
it, it's going to be really tough. And I think that last round could really sort of separate. If there's a person with a trade or two left, that could be really advantageous. Yeah, and it's a really good point because last year was a debacle and we probably should try and take some learnings from last year. And as super coaches, we don't really like to, you know, you only like to take learnings from the positive <laughs> stuff and say, oh, I remember getting this guy in last year. That works great. I'm going to do that again. But you don't go, oh, I remember when I stuffed up and that round was really terrible. Let's not make that mistake again, Barnsley. You just you, don't, you just forget that. Wipe it from the memory, you know. Um, but yeah. it, it's really important because one of the things that made last year like that wasn't just the restings at the end. But it was COVID. And, you know, it's slowly but surely the last month, the, the COVID rule-outs have started to happen where we're having multiple guys mm. ruled out of games. And it's just been really lucky that the majority of them haven't been super coach relevant. You know, you could have had four or five guys last round that were all super coach relevant ruled out just due to COVID. You know, and, and that can still yeah. happen right now. We're just seen with the Manly Jersey controversy, which, you know, controversy, controversy corner on um, the, the Talking Footy podcast mm-hmm. at the end of the week. You want to hear about that? We'll, that'll be, we'll, a, that'll be, I was going to say, that'll be a long one for you, mate, I reckon. It's going to be a long one. The NRL stuffed up its, uh, its, its game as much as it could this week in several different yeah. ways. But, you know, yeah, you, it'll be a three hour if you on Friday. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a big <laughs> weekend for Talking Footy. But look, we're not going to get into the detail. The point of that conversation, though, is that we've just had potentially seven Manly players ruled out in one fell swoop. You know, these things can happen and, that, and that's just going to kill you. So, um, look, let's move on to the last part of the strategy talk, though, Andrew, um, and that's values. And I think that this one's really, really important, and I'm huge on it, okay? I've got guys and I'm stuck on getting, and they're, they're because of pedigree or being one of the best players this year or whatever. But you always need to sense check it at this point. You know, is that value that I'm buying them on going to be the value that I get? Because I've only got from around 20 to 25 with them. You know, is that window going to produce what their average is? And sometimes the answer is no. And, and I went through this exercise with Munster and I was happy with it because he's playing the Titans and the Warriors in the next two weeks. Um, as some people might say I should have the same opinion on Harry Grant, but I actually don't. Harry Grant, I'm, I'm really worried about the next two weeks not owning and I kind of want him. But at the same time, I'm looking at this balance a year going, look, is Harry Grant going to be the Harry Grant that I sort of thought he was at the start, that's sort of an 80 guy? And I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. Um, so I'm thinking, well, how's Robson going to look? And I actually am projecting Robson to outscore Harry Grant um, from last week onwards. I sort of came to that decision that he's going to outscore him. And this is the type of stuff that you need to do. You know, you might get the top, one of the top centre wings from the first six or seven weeks. So someone like May, for instance, you know, May for the first seven rounds was amazing. He was a number one centre wing that you could have. And, now, if you look at it and go, well, how's he projecting out for this the final third for this run home? You can go, well, you know what? Somebody that's really unheralded, like a Nick Meany, is probably going to outscore him. So sometimes, Andrew, getting those big names in at this point, you need to really question. And sometimes it's a big ticket. So, yep, that guy's still going to go crazy. I, I think Munster's still going to be really good. But other times as well, you know, you, you might have to actually go, well, you know what? this guy that's not very highly owned is probably going to outscore the more fancy guy. And I'm actually buying him on name value and what he's done for the season, which isn't necessarily going to be the output for the game's going to own him for until Supercoach closes. Yeah. And I think you spoke about the guy sort of, I had on the top of my list for this sort of chat as well. I think Haas falls into this category a little bit as well. Not so much the fact, and I think we're in agreement. So we're not talking about like, none of these guys are going to go poorly that, you know, Haas is going to average 40 and stink up your team or like He's still going to go good, but yep. like, do you, are you wanting to spend a trade? Like, you know, we've all got 
like I was having a look at the trades for the top hundred before, like they're all in similar sort of boats. You, they're sort of all between sort of three to five and six. So, are you willing to spend one of those trades on your, you know, second or third front rower just to get Payne Haas because he's Payne Haas? Yeah, you know I mean, so and the other one I thought was was even um, on the name value sort of thing. I know he's sort of gone all right the last couple. Of years was, was Tohu, uh, Tohu Harris, like a, again, like yeah, super coach. His pedigree the last three or four years, but. It, it's that late in the year now. I know he's sort of back from his ACL now, but like, uh, is that worth the trade value-wise of getting a guy who's you know really solid? Is going to get you fifty-five to sixty-five, you know, with his eyes shut, or could that trade, like you said, I think Nick Meaney's a great example, or even someone like you know, like a like a real smoky, like a, a Connor Tracy or something from Cronulla, with who've got a plum draw for the last five or six weeks. You know, is it worth going? You know what? Like, I can spend a hundred grand less on that guy, and I, I might get more output. You know, he might he might get me one hundred and twenty, whereas you know, Tohu's going to get me sixties every week. So, they're the sort of trade offs I reckon you need to make. I reckon at this time of year, I think it's all upside, isn't it? I think you've got to be chasing those guys that can get eighty five plus and actually win your win your head to head games. And you know, if you're still in that overall, actually bump you up. But I don't think you're chasing anyone getting Haas or Tohu Harris. I think you're just going to be decent without. You know, really kicking on, I reckon. Yeah, and realistically too, like that's a good point as well that I agree with. You, you can basically just wipe the pack. You know, if you've got enough pack as far as all your forward spots and your hooker, you can just not worry about it for now because the ceiling is much more important. Like I would not want to be making any trades in the forwards, especially front row forward, if I've got space in my spine um, and outside of hooker, I should say. So if halfback 5'8 isn't stacked with a a great starter and a great backup and fullback isn't the same, then that's where I'd be spending my money because that's where yeah. the high upside points are. And even though it's volatile, centre wing I'd still rather spend on than what I would in somewhere like front row forward and even secondary forward with how secondary forward's gone this year. It hasn't been that good. No. Um, I, and a couple of other examples too with the sort of guys we're talking about. You know, Dylan Brown had a breakout year and at one point was averaging after a decent amount of data, 80 plus points, he's down to 70 points at the moment. Some people look at him and say, you know, he might be value, but he's got a three round average of 63. You know, he's, he's a very real chance of averaging 60 for the balance of year, which is a huge drop off from his current 70 point average. Um, I'm seeing a, a lot of people going for uh, the Damien Cook trade in. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that people kind of set themselves on, I want Harry Grant and Damien Cook, which is a fair enough call, you know, and I was kind of there at the start of the year too. Those are the two guys I want, but if you're still sticking to that mindset, I think you're going to be disappointed because Damien Cook has been going really well. He's been going well recently as well. He's got a 74 average for the year. But, you know, will Damien Cook with the draw that he's got hit 74 average for the next six games? Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't actually think that he will with the draw that Souths have. So, you know, that's the type of thing that you probably need to yep. calculate in your head. You know, if you think that Damien Cook's still going to average 65 and go, well, that's good, it's good but it's probably not big enough to worry about doing it when you can probably find guys that you think will average 80 plus in your spine somewhere else. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it has actually, like you mentioned Dylan Brown, I've been Dylan Brown for a little while now, and he's actually sort of one of the guys that I'm actually sort of semi thinking he might be one to make way for someone in that last little bit, because like it just takes a little bit of actual courage to get up and actually trade a guy that's averaging 65, 70. Like you just, you know, if it's round nine, you're just not even thinking about it, but it's, it's not so much what you've averaged for the first 20 weeks. So you've got six weeks or it might even be a four week play. So, you know what, Matt Burton, I reckon with a, you know, with a couple of good matchup might go hundred, hundred, sixty, sixty, 60 and average 80, 
you know, and that's that's probably worth the trade because those two hundreds probably win your game. Yeah, you know I mean, whereas whereas you know, if Dylan Brown like against Penrith this week, I mean, he, he'll he'll still probably get his fifty five to sixty because he probably works pretty hard. But is mm. that is that going to get you in a final? Is it going to bump you up a hundred rankings? You know what I mean? Like they, they're the sort of the questions you need to ask. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're we're getting pretty close to the point where names just need to get thrown out the window. Because yeah. like even if you've got trades left, you're going to be able to keep making trades or you're going to save trades now. Like even someone like, I'll use Nathan Cleary as an example, one of the best players in the game. You know, it's, it's absolute blasphemy to say I'm going to trade out Nathan Cleary. But in the last two weeks, if you got if we've got mail that Nathan Cleary is not going to play round 25 and, you know, round 24, he's not looking like he's going to have a great matchup, then that's like, a, that's 100% a move. And it's something that's crazy to do round 12, but round 24, you know, that's legit a move that you could make because it doesn't matter the name on the back of these jerseys. All that matters is how they're going to score points until Supercoach closes down. And if you've got trades, you can make those type of decisions as well. For this last six weeks, like I just, I'm all about like every guy I'm training you know, is I want to have the ability to be able to get 100. I reckon like I think the the time of getting, yeah, your Toe Harris's, Cam McInnes's, like that's, I think that was 10 weeks ago. Like, and I think what that allows you to do is actually gives you multiple captain options as well. Cause you're not just going, you know, VC Teddy, C Cleary every week. You know, you might like David Fafida or something like that on a Sunday over in the daytime where if you're behind and you've got no more uniques, but you might be able to change your captain to Fafida and he might actually get some ball for a change and, <laughs> you know, and, and play over and get 115 and win your game. So I think you're wanting to bring those guys in. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's, it's another really good point because there's no point in only having two guys that you can captain the three guys that you can captain. You need a lot of guys. And some of those guys might even be high volatile guys, but you need those options because you might get to a head to head week where you got to do something, you know, and like, it might look uh, insane normally to say, I don't know, captain a Mike Acebo on a Sunday afternoon. And, and normally it would be, but if you're behind that many points and the other guy's got the same captain as you, you might not have any choice. And if Mike Acebo is running against, say, the Gold Coast Titans and Parramatta's ends up winning that game by 50, maybe he throws up 125. But you need those options to rotate in and out with those ceilings. Val Holmes last week was a great example. He looked like one of those guys. He had only he'd only scored, I think, 100 for the whole year, and it was like 104 or something. Yeah. But he looked like one of those guys. He could be that guy at the end of this round that is a Hail Mary that could go massive. And yeah. He had his best score of the year at 119. Yeah. yeah. He was, I ummed I, I, out all week I between Fafida and Val. I went for Fafida, and I watched about 40 minutes of the Titans game on um, Sunday <laughs> over. And honestly, I, the, the phone nearly got thrown off the back deck, to be honest with you. How many times can one team go short side right to not their best player and expect it to work. But anyway, that's probably for another time. <laughs> I ended up buying both of them, actually. So oh, I well done. Well, you, um, yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still ended up going, I think he ended up with 68, but I mean, Val got 100 million. I do. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, anyway, these things happen. Yeah. Well, look, let's jump on to TLT now. But before we do that, I do need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast in Top Sport. Topsport.com.au is where you can find them, but you can also download the really easy to use app. And Topsport has been a fantastic partner all year with the NRL All Stars podcast, but they are fantastic to punt with as well. If you are going to gamble, make sure you do it responsibly, but check out Topsport because they're very fair. They have great offers and they also have great service and they're 100% Australian owned, all of which is really important and makes it really enjoyable to deal with them. 
And you can find some really good odds with them as well. I love betting on the sport with them, but the racing is great too for those that are into the racing. Supercoach isn't quite bettable yet, but player performance markets are. What are player performance markets? Well, this is what happens. Top Sport sets their own criteria on fantasy point scoring system. And you can see that really easy when you look at those markets. It's got a little key at the bottom and you can check out how the scoring is, but it's all based on the actual NRL.com statistics from the actual NRL. So you can bet on players over and under on their fantasy point scoring in this system and make some money doing that. And there's great odds on that. They're always between like $1.90 and $2.20 on an over or under for the point scoring for that game. If you like stuff like draft stars, you know, it's pretty similar as far as betting on them to score over and under on their points. So topsport.com.au, get on them, but make sure you use our promo code for this podcast so they take great care of you. That promo code is SC All Stars, all one word. When you create an account, you can throw that into the promo spot and they'll know that you're one of our listeners. Enjoy Top Sport. Have a great punt with them. You'll enjoy it. And they've also got some great odds for you. TLT, Andrew. I think it's just fate that Manly and the Roosters ended up being the first game of the round. Uh, it's obviously got the most carnage to it for Supercoach and for real life as well. So Manly have obviously had um, seven players out of the side. It doesn't look good. The most super coach relevant guy that they've got out is Ola Kawatu for the Roosters. Yeah, aside from the guys that had serious injuries a couple of weeks ago um, that aren't going to be back anytime soon, the rest of their side is all full strength back from last week. Um, so they're looking pretty solid because they put on a lot of points the last two weeks. Seagulls are, are going to be absolutely struggling this week against the Roosters, but for super coaches, I think a lot of people are asking themselves what to do with these seagulls that they own. It's really easy with guys like Kohler. Um, you know, you can you don't need to sell them because you, you probably weren't going to play them anyway, so it didn't really matter. But someone like Ola Kawatu, he's the sixth most traded out player at the moment. And look, it completely makes sense to me if you're a must-win head-to-head. Like, you can't afford that, so maybe you have to get rid of him. If you're not a must-win head-to-head, um, and certainly if you're short on trades, Andrew, or if you're overall, then I'd certainly be you know, considering holding him. Are you an Olaquatu owner yourself? I'm an Olaquatu and I got him quite early. So that was one of my really, I was happy with that. I got him about round two or three. Um, yeah, definite hold for me. I think he just got so much upside. You know I mean, he, he's one of those guys that we were speaking about earlier where he can bust a line and sort of get 90 without doing, you know, a whole heap of work. Um Definite hold. My my biggest sort of, and as you mentioned, the, the sort of the sit versus start is, you know, I think a lot of people are Garrick owners and I'm a Garrick owner as well, is I'm actually semi-considering sitting him as well. I know his base is fantastic, but just given the back line that they've thrown out, I mean, how many points can they score? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a real tricky one, I think, whether to work out what to do with a few of these manly guys, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, with Olakwato, I'd actually um, almost lean to hold him if you're in overall, um, unless you don't have a strong 17 and you don't have anyone else to sell, and then that kind of makes sense. Um, on on averages, you'd have him in your in your secondary forward as a keeper um, as one of the top guys. So it's a tough sell. They've got a pretty good draw coming up. The sit start is really interesting for Manly, though, which you mentioned because I agree with you. Like it's it, it's sort of it seems brave, but this is this is the point of the season where you really have to change your mindset. Like we were talking the strategy and things like benching a, a center wing. That's one of the top few in the league for super coach. It's averaging 71 points a game. It just seems mental. 
especially for centre wing when you've got four spots to fill there. But it's those type of decisions that the coaches that are brave enough to make them now and don't care, taking those risks actually really pays off and it separates you from the pack. So I think that Ruben Garrick may very well be a sit, and I do think that a lot of people have enough depth in their centre wing to do it. He's 27% owned as well, Andrew. So, like, this is another way to to get up on the opposition. So, so you own Garrick. Are you, are you pretty set on sitting him? Oh, I'm, I'm really torn. So, basically, at the moment, it'll be sort of him sit or play Tass from my mob against, uh, against Cronulla. So... He and Tass is going quite well as sort of that, you know, that sort of 50, 60 centre wingy backup guy. He, he, he's sort of plugging away okay. But it, it, like you said, this might be one of those moves where without actually trading, you, you're making ground. Because if he comes out and busts out of 29 and the rest of your centre wings get 60s and score tries, and all of a sudden there's 30 points you've made up without actually doing anything. Um, mm. I, I think it might be one of those ones. This would be such an easier decision if this was game five or six in the round. You could probably sort of have a bit of a look, see what's happening. But the fact that it's a first game is, is makes it a lot. It's really tricky. I, I'm, this is the, the, for me. This is the hardest one of the weekend for me in regards to like the sit starts. Like the rest of them are relatively straightforward, I think. But this one's a real tricky. One. I just I can't I can't see them scoring more than like I think two tries is generous. I think. Yeah. So I mean, he's not going to kick many goals. His base is really good. Like he's fantastic work rate for all fullbacks. So he's probably still going to get you know twenty five thirty in base pretty comfortably. But like you know, if the Roosters put fifty on him, how many kick returns is he making? So it's you know it's a tricky one. It's a real tricky one. I've got no idea at the moment to be honest. Yeah, it's like it's funny because he's someone as well that um, at, at fullback this year he hasn't scored poorly. Like his worst score was actually last week where he scored 48 points against the Dragons in that loss. And that's probably a a good little indicator as to how this week's scoring could go. I think it could be very similar. Last week he did 48 points and they obviously lost to the Dragons in a bit of a boil over. Um, Maybe that's more like a 40 game this week. Maybe it's worse. It's definitely shaping up as one of his worst ones this year, but he has shown to have a pretty good floor. Um, But when they have had bad games and they haven't gone well, even though he's had a decent floor, it's still been around that 50 mark. You know, he's got like yeah. three different games now at fullback where they haven't gone well at all against teams like Melbourne, for instance, um, and um, also Souths, um, which was a bit of a bludger of a game back in round eight. Um, yeah, that was a send-off. That was a send-off game as well. So that was a bit of a funny one, wasn't it? Yeah, so that one was a 50 game as well. So like he yeah. he does have a good floor, but like we said, the floors aren't going to really help you. I'd play him over Tass in your example, just because, you know, yeah, I was good defensive side and Tass isn't really someone who... He's going to really, you know, set the world on fire either. He's just one of those decent four sort of guys. But I think like a lot of teams have you know, other blokes that they could throw in there. Certainly if you've got um, somebody might be benching a May because of how May's been going, certainly play May over him and things like that. Yeah, I think definitely. Like, I mean, I know Luai's out, but like, I still think like you've got a similar-ish work rate, but like he's, you know, he's three times as likely to score a try. So you're taking that every day, aren't you? So. I think that you'd been agreeing to me that when we're talking about market watch for the ins, there's no way you'd buy a manly player this week. That's that's for sure. Oh god, no. And, and I don't think oh, no, no, I don't no. think you can sit DCE. But geez, I'd be really I'd be livid if I owned DCE. You know, I'm coming up to this week because he's he's in real yeah. danger of um, stinking it up as a halfback option. Well, he was he was a big popular buy last week too with the Pappenhausen duel for those like with Nico like swing Nico down and then bring the and he's gone. I think he got 29 last week and now. Uh, Against a nearly full strength Rooster side with you know seven players missing, yeah, it's it's not 
the best luck you're looking for. I think he will become relevant again at some point. Not this week, though. Yeah. I mean, in a few weeks, they've got the Titans. Uh, their last month is okay. The Titans, the Sharks, the Raiders, and, and the Bulldogs. It's not bad. Uh, but yeah. just this next couple yeah. of weeks, it's going to be really hard to navigate. And one of the things, too, like if you're still looking at maybe getting one of these manly players in because you're stubborn or something, I don't know why, but um, it, you don't know the effect that this week's going to have. It's, it could splinter out and yeah. really hurt them next week as well in the locker room and stuff. So Manly's a no-go, but look, the Manly pain is the Roosters' game for this week. And in the market watch, we've got Teddy as number two. We don't even need to talk about him as a buy. I've been saying for two weeks, you know, you're buying a fullback by Tedesco. He's my number one guy. Um, went 152 last week against the Knights. Fantastic captaincy option. That's after the first 20 minutes he started really slow in the last of the week before. Yeah, I was I was I was pretty nervous. I'll be honest with you because I am Denard like 95% super coaches. Tedesco, Cleary, I am Denard, I am Denard. I picked it and then was put my little girl to bed and checked the scores and he was yeah on two points after 14 <laughs> minutes. I thought, oh no, what have I done? But yeah, that's why you that's why you buy him because he's one of the best. He, he had great stats and that like even just like before halftime, he sort of alleviated everyone. Um, and I, I sort of I turned to my wife and I said, "This is the best halftime ever because you don't get these too often where you're watching your team play and they're winning, but the, your super coach captain is actually it doesn't matter if he does nothing the second half. I'm still happy, you know. Yeah. So it was like yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's a you can sit there enjoy a beer or a wine or a scotch or whatever you poison is and sit there and just sit there and enjoy it. It happens to be, um, not that I support the Rabbitohs, but I had Talakai as a VC when he had that oh, monster yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago. I just sort of sat there. You know, I mean, I sort of sat there and said, well, nothing he can do in the second half is going to annoy me now unless he gets sent off. <laughs> um, so it's a rare one when they're on 120 at halftime. Like I said, you just sit there with a grin on your face. Yeah, so, I mean, Teddy's a, he's an easy trade in at 734000 a BF6. Um, yep. If you don't have him... Look, I think a lot of people are getting put off by the were getting put off by the Roosters draw. I will say, like three weeks ago, it was a lot better because they had the Dragons and the Knights, and you've missed that. They've got a really good game against um, Manly, and he's gone one fifty two and ninety nine the last two weeks. I, I have to say that I think that it's somewhere in between for this week. Um, I don't see him getting less than nineties um, against Manly, and then he's got the Broncos. But the key after this week, Andrew, is that four out of the last five games of the Roosters are all at home for them. So, you know, Broncos isn't yep. great, but it's at the SCG. Cowboys is tough, but it's at the SCG. And they actually match up historically and also this season really well against the Cowboys. Tigers at the SCG, mm-hmm. which is an absolute carve-up. So two out of the next four are, mm-hmm. are carve-up type of games. And then they finish on Melbourne and Souths. And, and they're, they're obviously harder ones, but both of those teams aren't looking like the Melbourne and Souths we thought they were at the start of the year. So, And that, um, that, that Tigers game as well is actually head-to-head prelim. So that's one of the ones where if you do get him, it's a Saturday night at the SCG. If the weather's good, that's that could be your, not your slam dunk captain, but that's that's the that could be the difference maker if your opponent doesn't have him. Yeah, he's, you've got to get Teddy in, so I'm glad that people are yep, coming around to it because you need to do it right now. Um, Suali, though, he's a um, ninth most trading player at the moment. Oh, I sort of get it, but mm-hmm. he's 511000 so it's not even like he's that cheap, but gone 116 on the weekend with a double. He had a, a double uh, around 15 against Para where he went 101. Those are his two tonnes. I see the upside. Uh, I see the reason to do it. He's got two other games, so four in total this year where he's got a double, and the two others he went 84 and 86. 
this week, you know, probably decent shot at a double, if not a single. Problem for me with Suali is that when he scores a single, it's not that great. You know, these single try mm. games that he's got 45 points, 45 points, 50 points. It's not the best. Uh, then he's got another one at 59 points. You know, I'm going to go off market watch here and talk about Suwali's other wing partner as a pot of interest. And I mentioned Tupo last week. If I had a trade boost left, and it's like trade boost, one of those, I don't even remember what they are at this point, but yeah, those magical yeah. unicorn things that we had at the start. If I had one, I would have got Tupo in last week and he scored 93. And I would have got him in because I said last week on the pot, Andrew, he's 400K. And I think that's a big difference. Like you can spend 100K less. And the month before that was really weird for Tupo. He doesn't have these um, month or few games of footy where he has low scores, sort of like better than Suali. He's got a, a much better base. And I just think it was that origin period that took it out of him. Um, last week, he had a 31 mm-hmm. raw base, close to a 50 base if you took his base attack into account. And that's the sort of Tupo that you expect to see. And he scored 93 points with a double. He's a guy that when he is scoring the singles, and you can go through this year and look at his single try games, 72, 71, 79, 66. There's a marked difference between that yeah. and what Suali was doing. And he's, again, $100,000 less. So I, I would just, I wouldn't say to people, you know, two bays a must buy or anything like that. But at 3% ownership compared to Suali's ownership and compared to some other, you know, center wing options, He's one of those guys that he could have a really good finish to the year coming off his 93 last week, and he's cheap enough where you don't have to let anyone of value go. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think I've owned Tupu nearly every year. I played Supercoach, so I'm on the same sort of train of thought as what you are at that at that price. Like you said, you don't have to like you don't have to make a second trade to generate cash to get him. Either. And for a guy that can, like you said, get on a run an average 75, like you can trade taps to him for you know 40k or wherever it is. So. That, that's, I reckon, the type of trade of value. That's a good one. And you don't have to play him. Like, you probably don't play him in the Melbourne game or anything. But, like, what happens if he gets 130 against the Tigers and gets a hat-trick? You know I mean? Again, there's that game winner that you're talking about. So, yeah, I don't mind the super trade in at all. And I think if you are in a better position than us with trade, let's say you had eight trades left, like, he's a really decent option to, you know, you might even go down from a, a back row or go down from a, I don't know, like a Cam McInnes to him and create 150K and he can get, you know, you might have a 300K bank to get basically whoever you like. So, Yeah, and that's that's the other thing that I like about 2 by 2 There's going to be some teams that are going to say, look, I've stuffed up my trades, I've stuffed up my team. This week I'm looking at a trade where I'm going to have to downgrade someone good to be able to get that keeper that I have to get in, whether that's yeah. a Teddy or whatever. And you could go, you know, you could make maybe 80K out of a May to a Tupo. And yeah. that's a really easy bank to say Tupo is going to match May for the duration of the year. That could easily happen. And there's your 80,000 that you needed to get Teddy in. So he's got that downgrade ability as well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, let, let's say even like use the Munster example from, from your side. Like if you went May to Tupu and then Mam, to, if that gave you enough money to get Mam to Munster, surely mm. Munster and Tupu outweigh May and Mam, don't they? So you sort of look at it, look at it. If you're doing a two trade play, like looking at it, as the pair of the trades rather than the one single trade or the two single trades. Yeah. And that's obviously just for the people that have to do that. Like, yeah, obviously your ideal is to trade at a TAS or, you know, a a stinking flat tire and RAV4, RAVALAWA that I've got there that's dead for the year. But, um, but otherwise, you know, maybe you don't have the money for that. So the other guys that are interesting in this one, as far as pods and bargains, which is what we had to go in, Walker. Yes. Very interesting pod, young Walker. Mm. Um, 
all of a sudden people have a lot of room in their spine and, and you've got a lot of flexibility with a lot of jewels and stuff. People still have guys like Mam there. Walker's now the last two weeks going 88 and 138. And I'm actually of the belief that having Kiri back helps him a lot. I know that some people sort of thought, oh, well, he's going to take usage and possessions off Kiri and whatever. I actually think he's a lot better when Kiri's there. And, and the numbers that have sort of been there even this year kind of support that too. All of a sudden, you know, he's only averaging 59 for the year, but that's still nothing to sneeze at. But the last two rounds, he's absolutely killed it in carve-ups and he's a goal kicker for the Roosters. You know, he he could very easily be massive this week. Um, he's someone who's got a minus 20-odd break-even as well. So if you are looking at people that have a lot of trades, this is a perfect one to make, you know, because if you've got a lot of trades and you're looking, look, what's a spot starter in the spine outside of the popular guys? It's only a few percent. 587,000, Sam Walker could really go on the next couple of weeks um, and be able to make 100K or something and then be a trade-out to somebody else that you can spot start in for a couple of weeks if you're one of those teams with trades. If you're not and you've got all the popular guys and you're searching for a pod, you know, especially for this week, if you're a must-win type of uh, team for head-to-heads, Sam Walker is one of those guys that does have that higher upside. And we've seen it before with him, Andrew. You know, he's got a 163 score in his rookie season, yeah. 138 score, 120 score. He's got those big ones in him. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he hasn't well, – he had that one game of nine um, ages ago. Like, I was nine or ten. I remember seeing like, Jesus, slow. But, like, since then, like, you, I can't recall any – Big ones. I'm just getting these numbers up now. Yeah, there's no, there's no like real small ones. They're all between forty and sixty. So he's going okay, and he's got this plum matchup this week. Um, and then, like you said, you can play it a couple of ways. You can sort of just sort of sit him a little bit for the, the couple of hard ones. And he's got that Tigers matchup. Or, like you said, if you've got a trade or two sleeve, get him in there, make 120 k, and then flip him to. I don't know if you've got Nico in fullback, you can sort of flick him up and flick him to a. Latrell Mitchell, you can flick him to a gun center wing. You, there's so many options with that Nico duel that you can do. So if you've got the trades, Walker's not a bad option. And again, one of the, he might even be like a little pod VC as well. Like I know this, you could basically VC the whole back line for the Roosters, um, but he might be a pod VC. If he kicks nine goals and scores a double and outscores them all, then all of a sudden that's another little leg up as well. Yep, 100%. Um, talking point for this one, Joey Manu. $800,000. Now, I love having him for this week, Andrew. Love it. He's he's back at centre, though. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams that are kind of pulling themselves apart, saying, oh, geez, especially with this manly side. Joe Mart is a must-have now. I would yeah, I would pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, 800000 is a lot when you consider that people are down to their, their last four, five trades, maybe. And, you know, you could get two players that are star quality instead of just one. Uh, and I think that's a really big deal. I, I love that I've got Jay Manu. I think that he's priced close to his peak now. Um, and he's, he's one ninety one point game. He's a bit of a distant memory because he was out last week. Uh, but, you know, again, that game was at six. He's going to be back at center. And I, I think that he will score well. Um, but, you know, he's, he's played well all year. Round two, the Roosters did a number on Manly and Jay Manu at center scored 29 points. He's got those in him. Maybe not as much now because he's, a bit more confidence-driven. He's a bit more involved with how it's been going. I think that he'll score a try, 
but it might very well just be a solid sort of 70 outing for Joey Manu. And I'd be worried about that if I'm tearing my team apart to spend 800,000 on him for this round. So it's, it's a bit of a hard one because I understand why people really want him because I'm so excited to have him. And yep. I'm going to talk about him being a VC option in a minute. <laughs> it sounds really silly probably, but am I silly to sort of say to teams, well, you, you should maybe consider your other options if you're looking to buy him? Well, uh, this this was the best move I've did. I I started the year with Manu, so I, I've I've sort of had no headaches whatsoever, which is lovely. It's the best thing I've done all year. But I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. I actually wrote down eight hundred k back at center question mark question mark, and like I know he's break evens. I think just in the negative, so he's going to go up a little bit more. But like take the name out of it. Are you ever paying in Supercoach eight hundred thousand dollars for an on goal kicking center? It's it's sort of sacrilegious. If at any point he ever went back to 5'8 or fullback, he's the first person you buy regardless. I think you'd usually last trade on him because he's probably going to get 100. But <sighs> I'm probably not buying him at 800K in the centres, no. I'm glad I own him, <laughs> that's for sure. But oh, Look, it's a yeah. great matchup, And he could, he could yeah. turn up. Like He could easily turn up. But it's just a matter of for the duration of the season, That's really that could really kneecap a lot of teams if you well, do it's, it. It's 800K for a guy who has historically, not as much this year, like you said, he's thrown scores in the 20s like you could sort of probably cop it a little bit more of say okay well it's 800k but like the worst he's going to get is 58 but like he's he's got one he's got three scores in the 20s this year so you know 800k for that like you know you'd be wanting a bit more bang but like i said i'm glad i've got him like there's every there's every chance he comes out and averages 90 for the rest of the year you know we look silly and well we don't look silly because we've got him but i i I think (laughs) I, i think there's so many more better value options that can not destroy your side. Unless maybe you didn't trade Pappenhausen last week for some reason. That might be mm. the that might be the easy way. But I think oh, most people would have there, traded him. So there might be some there might be a few teams. I don't think this is going to be many, but there will certainly be a few teams that um, probably have hit the nail on the head with their perfect spine. And yep. they've got their halves, they've got a Harry Grant already there and stuff and they've got their fullbacks and they just need a center wing and none is no object. You know, if you're one of those teams, then sure, you know, you yeah. may as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's very few and far in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay. uh, it's just, it's a really tough one. And if you don't have Teddy, 100%, you're buying Teddy over Manu. 100%. Oh, 100%. And twice on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. And, yep. and that brings us into the C and the VC options for this one. Um, I've got Manu versus Teddy. And I I can see the argument for Manu. And, and I think that he you know, could ton. Uh, but there's no question to me that it should be on Teddy. And oh, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and do something that I don't normally do and say, I'm always big on using the VC. Um, I'm a team at the moment that really needs a leg up um, to keep keep climbing. And I'm also a team that um, has a, a stinking Andrew Fafita as um, <laughs> as an AE at the moment. Uh, I thought it was going to be a Burbo on the bench, but it's an Andrew Fafita this time. Yeah. And, I just I don't want Teddy to go 110, and for me to question be an awkward loop. Yeah, be an awkward yeah. one. Yeah. So I, I'm actually considering just going the straight C on him this week and getting it over with because it's just such a good matchup and he's in just such good form at the moment. Yeah. No, I, and I wouldn't blame you either. He's my VC. My my AEs at the moment are, are pretty good. Like I've, I had Carter on there who I thought would go away, but he seems to be going all right. So um, no, I I think it's a it's a pretty straightforward one. If you wanted to get a bit funky, you could do the Manu route. But like for me, it's, I think you pick the guy who gets, he runs the ball 20 times, things happen and he's in great nick. So I, I think it's an escape pretty straightforward. 
Yeah, and I, I think that it will be saved a little bit too where, you know, the VCs could end up getting a bit hurt on it too because there's a lot of um, crappy scores that are coming up on some of these loops. And the other thing too is that a lot of people will be looking towards uh, riding Latrell Mitchell's hot streak, which a lot of teams have been doing lately. Yeah, um, Cleary has been a little disappointing last week, but still scored in the 70s and people are really on him and the Eels look really bad. So I think a lot of people will still be seeing a clear. Yeah. So it, it is an opportunity enough to go the straight C on Teddy where you're going to get the leg up on a few teams as well. Yeah, and like you said, that, that awkward number where he gets, you know, 98 or 114, you sort of sit there and do I, don't I, do I, don't it ruins your weekend. Well, it ruins it too because you're watching all your, all yeah. your shit players all weekend, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like... See, I'm, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not really that interested in how great Anderson goes, but all of a sudden, if you're bloody looping, you're sitting there watching every run. So <laughs> it's, um, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Look, top score bit of the week on this one. The Roosters are going out to minus 17 and a half. Um, I'm going to take them at that for $1.90. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there's some great try scoring bets on there on top sport as well. You can go for most of the back line on this one. Yeah. Eels versus Panthers. Um, and I will say like that Roosters game had a lot more to unpack and chat about than the other games. So stick with us, everyone, because um, there's some of these games like this next one uh, that don't have near as much to talk about. Warriors versus Storm. Uh, Warriors at Mount Smart, which I think is a, is a really important change. Um, so certainly... A few weeks ago, this looked like a, a storm carve-up. It looked like a really good game for them. I think that it still is. But when we have a look at these teams, you know, the Warriors have got Reese Walsh starting again. Um, I think they've named the best pack that they can by having Curran back off the bench, which was a nightmare last week, mm. and playing Tohu at, at prop, um, Jazz at 13. They don't look too bad. Now, I'm sure that... I, I'd like to say I'm sure that the Storm will win. They've got basically the same side they had last week. But in saying that, they've, they've now got a four-game losing streak, Andrew, which hasn't happened for 20 years. And going over to Mount Smart isn't as easy as just going up to Queensland yep. and playing the Warriors. So it, it's a little bit of a danger one for them where I reckon they're going to be feeling the pinch a bit. But I still expect this storm side um, with, with minimal changes to what they've had the last few weeks to be able to go up, go over there and still beat them pretty well. Yeah, I, the bounce back has to come, you'd think. Um yeah, you'd certainly be starting all your storm guys that you've got. Like, it's I don't know. There's the sort of like you said, the Warriors starting pack is actually really good. Like their their four packs quite good. Like I'm I don't, I've got no idea why they played Karen off the bench last week. That was like, I managed to sort of pick up Karen in a waiver. I know we don't do a lot of draft stuff, but like I thought, oh, how good is this? And then. Like for some reason, anyway, it doesn't matter. But it's that's a phenomenal draft pickup. I would have loved to be in that league. I would yeah, that, that well, that's not, uh, someone traded him when he had that injury, and I just saw him there. And I thought, well, hello, I'll just stash him. Basically, um, I just waited a couple of weeks, and he's like, he's 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 one that's going to be outstandingly priced for next year. But that's we'll, we'll leave that for next year. But no, look, Storm have to bounce back, don't they? Like I, I can't see it another way. I think they will. And the, the two the two guys on market watch that are really interesting for this is the big names. So the Munster's the fifth most trading in Grant's attempt. Yeah. And like I'll get Grant out of the way first. Like he's a great price point. Like I don't want to deter teams from buying him by saying that I had second thoughts about it. I've only got second thoughts because I'm low on trades and I've got Robson who's who's killing it at the moment and got a great draw. I've got no doubt that Harry Grant's gonna be good. But he's got a three round average of fifty five and a five round average of fifty nine. He even mm-hmm. went off for the last ten minutes of last game. You know, it's he hasn't been as outstanding as what he was for the first half of the year. I'm really worried the next two weeks that will come back. But even when he went really well um, in round seven versus the Warriors, it was still an 80-point game, which is good, but not something that I need to personally go out and buy. 
I think it's a good idea for people to buy him now, though. If you're going to get Harry Grant, it needs to be now because you need to get the Warriors and the Gold Coast game. But yeah. that goes into why I think Munster is low-key. If you get a VC Teddy, you know, people are buying Munster. I would actually rate Munster as the dark horse best option behind Tedesco this week. He went 110 versus the Warriors in round seven. He's 660K. Um, he's coming off 62, 81, and 87 for a three-round average of 77. He's also got a five-round average of 77. He is primed this game, I reckon, to blow up against the Warriors. And he's the yeah. fifth most traded in. And he is a guy that I said, I circled this game a few weeks ago and said, that is the week, Barnsley. If you don't have Munster for that week, he's your number one trade. It doesn't matter what else you have to do. Yeah. And obviously, I'm a Southman. I watched the Melbourne game like um, pretty closely last week. He was busting his ass to try and get that back in that game. So like you, you sort of felt that that he was close. Like even as a Southman, I was like, oh, he's close to getting 110 here. And he even had that trice just taken off. It was not awarded. Then they put it on and they took it off, which I don't understand. But anyway, um, no, I agree. He's I, I'm leaning him, my captain, at the moment as well. Um, before the, the Manly news, I actually had him as vice-captain. But with the Manly news now, that obviously changed a lot of things with, with Teddy and stuff like that. But no, I, I think he's... He's primed for 100, I think. Um, and the thing is with him, like he rarely goes sub-50. Um, and I just think four-game streak, like he's just going to want to do a lot, I think. I think you want to put him on his back and sort of go, all right, come on, let's let's get this show back on the road. So I think he's primed for a big one. I'll be staggered if he doesn't get it, at least 80. And that is a good thing for you know, sides like the Roosters in that first game and the Storm in this one. Um, we're in a... We're in a really weird season where you've got some of the teams that used to be the top teams normally for many years in the Storm, Souths and the Roosters at five, six and eight on the ladder. None of them are in the top four. So they're all going to be busting to to play through and win these games and win them well because yep. four and against might actually decide your positioning whether you're in the top four or not. It, <coughs> and even for the Roosters, it might even decide whether you're in the top eight or not and for Souths as well. Yep. So. It's yeah. um it's really important. So I I love Munster this week as a buy. I love him as a as a VC or C option. Probably more of a C because he doesn't normally go that big for a for a VC loop. Yeah, he's not he's not one the one he's not the one sixty guy at five eight. Like he's mm. the he's the guy that gets between eighty and one hundred and ten. Yeah. Um, when we're looking at pods and bargains for this one, Meany I mentioned before. Now I have to say just to you know defend myself, but also acknowledge. I, I rated Nick Meany um, down near the bottom as one of my, you know, Pappenhausen replacements um, when I did the pod the other week. And that was just because of the the other guys that were available. Now, we're not going to talk about him as a buy this week. It's a buy at centre wing. And it's also a buy when we've now been told that the Reese Walsh room is dead and it's not going to happen that um, he's going to end up shafted back to the wing. So all of a sudden he becomes a lot more popular and he's coming up now against the Warriors and Titans. When we're talking about trading out a popular guy to a less popular guy, you know, a, a tail and may, a targo. Um, if you're going to someone like a meanie, that could really help you immensely for this year for the run home and warriors this week. It's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, in the last uh, five games, there's only been one game, which was a score of 53 that he's actually gone below 70, you know, and even if you go further back to the last six games, his last six games, Nick Meany, since going to fullback, basically um, most of his games, aside from one or two there, um, he's gone 70, 78, 85, 77, 53, 71 and 71. That is a remarkable two months of 40 for Nick Meany and he's still only 589,000. So I do love him as a centre wing. I didn't like putting him at fullback, but this week, if you're looking for a centre wing pod and you're pretty set everywhere else, 
he, he's probably, you know, everyone knows how much I love Daniel Tupo. I'd buy, I'd buy Nick Meany. He's a center wing that I would buy for the upside. Yeah, absolutely. And like, again, as you mentioned with those numbers as well, there's just, there's minimal, there's not a whole heap of risk as well. And now that he's got the goal kicking, like, I mean, the Storm score, even if they lose, they still score three tries a game. So, you know, there's 10 to 12 points in goal kicks alone. So that the floor is so good that it's a pretty sort of risk-free gamble to get a guy who might get at the end of a hot back line for a couple of weeks and, you know, set up a couple of tries and, and bust out and get a couple of hundreds. And again, like we've said it before, if you've got those trades, they've got a bit of a tricky spot to finish the head to the finals. Like, you can shovel him onto a Mulatalo or, a, you know, a, a fallen gun somewhere in the back row, you know, Dave Fafita for, you know, for not much change. So, no, I like it. And the, the other thing too is, like, I, I do see the argument and it's a valid one where people say, oh, look, but he doesn't really have a big ceiling. You know, he's got one ton this year and it's 107. If you can, you need to consider the context with a lot of the scoring. You know, he's got a five-round average of 71, which was those scores that I was reading out where four out of five are 70 plus. And that is a four-game losing streak for Melbourne. Yeah. So if he's doing yeah, that, yeah, yeah, they weren't forty-game pumping, the forty-point pumpings, were they? Like they weren't exactly flogging teams. Yeah, that's right. So, and that happened yeah, the next two weeks, and that's what he, he's doing. Seventy-one. Like, there's a very good argument that he averages ninety-one the next two weeks, and that's that's yeah. huge value. So, well, I'm, I'm going to apologise, Warriors fans, once again. We're not going to talk about any of your players. I'm I'm sorry. We sort of mentioned them a little bit, but top four bit of the week. I, I'm going to back Melbourne to bounce back. Uh, minus 12 and a half at a dollar 85. I, I don't like the minus 12 and a half, but I do like pulling the line back to minus nine and a half and taking a dollar 68. And that's you know, probably the best value you'll ever see that for the Storm versus the Warriors. Eels and Panthers. Now, Andrew, I think um, even a month ago, we would have thought this was a blockbuster, but the Eels have just fallen apart again. And it's disappointing, um, but. They've named basically the same side aside from the fact that Bryce Cartwright's going to come onto the bench. So that's a four forward bench, which is a bit of a concern for guys like Madison and even Papali'i. Uh, and then on the Panthers side, they've lost um, they've lost Leo for well, really until the finals. So that means they've got O'Sullivan in. Um, I will make a draft mention here. I'll try and mention some draft every now and then. O'Sullivan would be one of my top pickups if I don't have any halves in draft, especially at this point. Yeah. Could not could not agree more. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And uh, look, he's going to have the job for the for the year basically anyway for Super Coach purposes. But otherwise, you know, we've got Robert Jennings in for Crichton. It's probably only going to be one week. So the Panthers are a little under strength, but not really compared to other teams. It's at Combank Stadium, which helps the Eels. Um, but look, nobody has been traded out or in between these teams. Uh, so it's normally you talk a lot about these two, but I think that the question is, people are sort of asking, you know what eel side is going to turn up and, and what type of impact is on the Panthers from not having a foil for Nathan Cleary and having to call up Sean O'Sullivan? Yeah, and like the Eels the Eels beat Panthers early in the year and, and last year in the final series, they probably should have beaten them as well. So they've actually really put it to them. But, I mean, they've been absolutely dreadful the last month. Like, you, like it's, it's so bizarre where that's come from. It seems to happen every year. And I've sort of got... A few shares and a few Eels, Eels players, like I mentioned, Brown earlier. I've, I've got Lane as well. And like everyone, I've got Papali'i. So it's one of those ones where, again, the sit and starts become a bit intriguing. Uh, I think you're definitely playing all your Panthers guys. You're playing that left side. And obviously, Cleary speaks for itself. But I'm assuming Cleary will probably get more ball now with no Luo as well. So that could make him even more dangerous, to be honest. Yeah. And I t- the Eels, I've got a bit invested as well. Um, 
in that I've I've been playing Steve pretty much every week and it's been going okay aside from one. Mm. And this is a week where I'd really like to sit him. So it's it's a tough one because someone like Sebo, right? He he plays well at Convex Stadium, um, and Panthers are his ex team, and he has actually scored okay against them in the past. But this you just can't tell which one's going to turn up. Yeah. I would actually be worried about Madison as well. Yeah, um, with that four forward bench. Yeah, uh, I would maybe even consider benching him, which sounds crazy. Yeah, I uh, a four forward bench with a middle four like. I, it seems to be IPAP sort of misses out a little bit there as well, but with IPAP, it doesn't like sort of everyone's got him. So it's sort of no, sort of no big stress, but the, the guys who own Maddo must've been extremely frustrated because he had a, a couple of weeks there in the middle of the year where he just looked like you had to have him. And then he got to a price and people were buying him. And now he's not regressed, but he seems to be sort of playing a bit more of a distributor sort of role. The offload sort of been shelved a little bit. And like you said, there's four guys there, unless they, I can't see them bringing anyone else onto the bench. They're not going to bring Jake Arthur on again, are they? So it looks like they're going to stick with it. So, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm worried about Lane. Um, and before the Olaqua to uh, news, I had him benched as well. So, yeah, this could I'd be, be super worried about Lane. Yeah, yeah he's, this, he's a real worry. Yeah, this could be like honestly, Penrith could win this forty nil, or Parramatta could win this twenty six twenty. Like I've got absolute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this could be anything. I, I think Penrith win it, and I think they win it by a lot. But Parramatta just randomly turn up against these mobs from time to time. So uh, I don't know. I think that the issue for Para is that they're kind of in a hiding hiding for nothing with Supercoach here because they're either they might get flogged like you said, and it's going to be terrible. Or if they don't, I think it's going to be a tight contest and that yeah. sort of twenty to sixteen type of win, which I think was something like what it was in round nine. Um, that's that's not going to help them for Supercoach. And if you have a look at that, no. like, that was a win for them. And someone like Mitchell Moses only scored 34 in it. Um, Dylan Brown scored 71, but it included the line break try. So yeah. it's, it, it doesn't project well in any facet for any of the attacking players for power, even if they end up grinding out a victory. So even the I would be benching a Brown, I'd bench a Moses. Um, the only guy I'd be confident in playing would be a Papa Lee, and that's probably because I've got him at front row forward, which he, he's just going to always present value there. On the Panthers side, I agree with you. I actually think someone like um, someone like Kikau, I looked at initially and went, oh, you know, if it's a tough game, I'm a bit worried about it. But the Eels are quite susceptible on some of those edges. So someone like Kikau mm-hmm. could low-key be in for a big game. Um, and that also could help someone like Cleary. Because one of the things that I think might happen is that we might see Cleary playing both sides of the field a bit more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and just more touch on the ball. I mean, he touches the ball a lot anyway. But if he's starting to swing both sides, like it could like it could be anything, really. Um, and like I said, if they win 40-0, he has, he has eight goal kicks as well. So like he... I, it's a game that I'm nervous not captaining for, but I'm also like the Parramatta turn up. Like that's, it's it's such a it's I've got no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play play Panthers players. Um, but I'll play them all. But, but I'm all. I would be I would be pretty nervous about all the players in this one to be honest. Even Cleary scored forty in round nine in that last game against Power. So you know, yeah. and that was it. That was it. People forget that was at home for for Penrith. Um, yes. So this is at Combank at Power. So. I don't. I'm happy that I don't have a huge part of this game, um, but I would still say that Cleary could go really well. Um, but I don't think he's as big a captaincy option as what he'll be captained. If that makes sense, I'd rather go for other options. Yeah. Um, and I think there's not a lot of pods for the Penrith guys either. Like so, like most people have got 
May and Tungo, or at least one of them, and and Cleary as well. Like the only, like you said, the only real sort of semi potty one was was Kickow. So, like you said, if you can sort of, if everyone's got them, it sort of doesn't matter if they all go fifty. You know what I mean? So it, it's not a huge, yeah. It, it's it might end up being a relatively irrelevant game, Supercoach wise, because all the popular guys everyone's got, and the pods you might end up sitting. Like so, you might sit a Dylan Brown, you might sit a Sean Lane, or a or, or a matter, so mm, yeah, a hundred percent. And look, this is one where it's you, it could be a bit of a make or break round with your sitting decisions as well. Um, so yeah, really yeah. have a look at this one and, and sort of have a play around with your options. Look, top sport better the week for this one. Um, I, I think it's a bit hard to call, so I'm just going to look at the try scores. Taylor and May a dollar eighty one, great value as the as the best priced anytime try scorer. It's still a dollar eighty one. Mike Acevo two dollars thirty two at Combank. That's that's pretty good value for those guys. So I'm going to hit on those ones. Um, Titans Raiders. This isn't an exciting one, and it's not one with a lot of options in it. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But when we're talking about news, um, the Titans have named a, a pretty similar side to what they had last week, um, which is why Sasefa Fafita is a popular buy this week because he's retained that wing spot. Uh, and then for the Raiders, not really any changes either. So. Interesting game because the Raiders need to win it. The Titans have been bad, but it is up on the Gold Coast. And these are the type of games the Raiders don't play very well for. The first half of last week, it looked like the Warriors were going to win for sure. Then they came home strong, obviously. But the Raiders really don't have a huge amount of super coach relevant players. The Titans, Jojo Fafita, the third most traded in player at the moment. Obviously, he's cheap. I would just like to think that the people that are trading him in, I'd imagine the people are going for a downgrade. He's got a minus 45 BE, but look, if you're not going to be able to trade him back out, then I, I don't. I probably wouldn't be trading him in because he's just going to be a bit of a waste and potentially an AE problem. Dave Fafita is the other one that's interesting in this one. Not the top 10 most traded in, um, but look, I obviously got in Fafita last week, which I mentioned, and look, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best score, but considering what he did, it really wasn't that bad either. Like I, I felt okay copying a 68 when you looked at it because he didn't really, or 69, um, he didn't really end up doing much. But when you have a look at it, he's still only in 10% of teams. So he's almost at pod level. And I dare say that people aren't going to be buying him this week very much at all. Yeah. And he's got that, yeah, he's got that stigma as well where he doesn't do much. But And that's a good thing for guys who own him because if he does do something, it's huge. Yeah. And he's still gone 69 and 75 the last two weeks doing nothing. So, you know, I'm, it's a 72 and a half average in the last two weeks since Origins finished and he's come out of that bite. It's pretty good for someone doing nothing. So mm. if he just does something, you know, you <laughs> just sort of know that that's going to get to 90 to 100 range pretty quick. It, it could be this week against Canberra because they were pretty bad last week. So it's, I'm, I'm still pretty confident on Fafita. I, I can't recommend buying him, um, but I do like owning him this week and I do think that he might be in for an all right one. And look, after this, for the run home, the Stormart, who we thought they were, um, maybe they'll come back. Uh, that's hard. But then you've got Manly, Dragons, Newcastle, and the Warriors. The last four weeks of the Titans is really good. It's just so we don't really talk about it much because they're not a very good team, so they don't score a lot. And they're all a lot, a fair few of them are day games as well, which is good. And like, I'm the same boat as you. I bought him last week as well. And as I mentioned earlier, it was, it was just so frustrating watching because like, anytime he got the ball, he either looked really, really, really dangerous or they gave him to the ball in a horrific position where he's basically surrender tackled. So um, I, I'm the same as you. I'm happy to own him 
and if he got that depth, he might possibly be able to sit him in that Melbourne game. But that last four weeks is like, surely he crosses for a couple in those last four weeks. And and that might be, again, a different play, you know, a back rower who can get 110 by not doing a whole heap. Like you said, the last two weeks, like he's barely been sighted and he's averaging 70. So I think that's a good thing. And guys who tackle bus and offload, I think they're, they're just goals. So they always tend to update as well. So it always gives you a little boost on a Monday morning. Yep. Top sort better the week on this one. I do not have any confidence in Canberra. Um, they might scrape out a victory. They might not. But I'm just going to go the value bet here. David Fafita, 296 to score a try. I did score a try last week in that score, but I didn't have a line break. So yeah, I'd go. Yeah, we love that. Love that. And next one, we've got the Sharks and Rabbits. A lot more to talk about in this one. Um, when we're having a look at the teams, Fanukan has lost his appeal for his charge and will be out for three weeks. Travesty, mm. another talking footy point that we're going to talk about for way too long. Make, make it four hours. <laughs> um, but other than that, the Sharkies are um, back to the full strength they were last week anyway. Um, and then the Rabbitohs uh, have named, I think, the identical side to what they had as well. So it, it shapes as a pretty good matchup. Um, I'm, it's a points bet stadium, but the Rabbits have been in pretty good form. I think when we're looking at market watch show, there's two players being traded out that were quite popular players a couple of months ago for different reasons. Cody Walker's the second most traded out player. I have to say, uh, I own Cody still. Um, and look, he made ended up not, not losing money because he had a low break even. I understand people selling him because I couldn't wait to see the back of him come Monday morning. He scored 15 last yeah. week against the Storm and he was terrible. But I sort of looked at it and went, you know what? If you don't need to sell him, then you shouldn't because you don't have any trades, Barnsley, and you need depth in your team. And I looked at it and went, you know what? I actually don't need to sell him. So I, even though I don't like him, I can keep him there just as depth. Um, that's probably what I'm going to do now because I do have the money to go task to Munster via Jules, and that nice. fills up my halves and it fills up my fullback spot. I would urge anyone rage trading Cody Walker to know that I understand your rage and I agree with it, but to look at the rationality of uh, holding someone like him instead of holding someone like a Tass or, you know, one of these guys that are equally, that are, that are actually worse. Um, at least Cody's got some up. So Cody scored a hundred and was it a hundred points against the Warriors? No, it was 86 points at the end dated to against the Warriors in round 10. He's got the Warriors a week after this one. And that's one that I'd actually wheel him out for. So, yeah, it's if you need to trade, it makes 100% sense. So um, Talakai, though, makes less sense to me. This is you know, another top 10 most traded out player at the moment. And look, the, the Rabbits have been on a tear, but their outside backs still a little bit suspect. And this is the last week of Cronulla's semi-hard games before they just go, boom, we're on the big run. And the big run is yeah. after this week, it is Dragons, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs and Knights. And if you're counting there, that is no top eight teams in the last five rounds at the moment. So that is the run of runs. And he's now 495,000, which I will, you know, make people vomit here by telling you that is the cheapest he's been since round four. So you are absolutely selling him at his lowest point. Um, Yes, he's been scoring bad, five round average of 56. But he is so overdue with his crazy and he has the, one of the best runs. He's got the dual flexibility to give you depth. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a try this week against the house, but he's scoring a couple for that last five games. I just, oh, I just see so many other better options to trade out Andrew at this point than, than getting yeah. rid of Talakai. But I, I've said this before and it's not like he set the world on fire last game, but you know, 41 against Penrith, you can't really argue about it either. No, 
No, uh, uh, this is craziness to be honest. That he's been traded like for so many reasons. Like I said, that, that run. Like I, I'm looking to bring Cronulla players in from next week, not get rid of them. Um, and again, like from a financial perspective, like people were buying him at 750k, and now you're selling him off at just under 500. Like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like I think surely teams could be at a point if you're that like fed up with him, can you just sit him this week if you're worried about this week? Because like I said, you're not going to get a better five-game run to finish the year in finals. And he's, again, one of those guys we've been speaking about that can get 100 and win your game. So, like I said, I, I, I'm, like my plan is to bring Cronulla guys in, not get rid of them over the next few weeks. 100%. Um, you know, the, the target um, before last week was Cowboys players. The target come next week is yeah. Sharks players. And that's that's always that's been what I've been after. Um, it's been paying pretty well, you know, early on so far with guys like Holmes. Um, and I expect it to go well for that last four or five rounds of footy for the Sharks as well. Uh, I, I'm i playing him this week. Oh, I'm not scared. 100%. Not scared of Souths at all at Shark Park. Oh, you should be, mate. We're a bloody good football sign at the moment. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing him against, like, I think Jed, Jed Carroll actually went really, really well last week. But He I mean, did, he did. He did. Um, but, you know, we've got Jackson on the wing who's he's getting better and better. But, I mean, it's, it is our weaker side um, defensively. Um, and like, like I said, even though... We're going good at the moment, and Latrell's made a huge difference, obviously. But we still can leak. I mean, Bulldogs scored 26 against us a couple of weeks ago, so it's it's not like it's not like no one can score against us. Like We just tend to score more, basically. Yeah, yeah that's right. And that Bulldogs game, they, I think you had three tries in the final nine minutes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The traded-in players for MarketWatch, both Scouts players. First one's Latrell, the seventh most traded-in player. Uh, I look. I said a couple of weeks ago. I have to give Latrell credit and just disregard the draw a little bit. Uh, but I'm not going to disregard it entirely. I do think that it's going to get harder for him. But it's 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 an incredible four weeks, Andrew. He's got 99, 93, 136, and 99. You know that's a three round average of 109. And if you want to do a five round average of 90, that includes his injury game where he only played 14 minutes back in round five. Like it is just ridiculous. And it's 758,000. I'm seeing people go Latrell over Teddy. Now, I understand getting Latrell in. I'm not going to talk anyone out of it. Um, I am going to throw up a couple of flags though. Finding him in round 21, he plays the Warriors. He could go 150 in that potentially. Like that's a massive one. But that last month would still worry me. And it would also worry me if I'm buying him now, I've just missed four weeks of 93 to 136 range. And if I've done that and I'm playing away at Shark Park against the third best defensive team in the competition, I would be a little bit concerned that I'm buying him this week. And I would be more than a little bit concerned if I'm buying him over a James Tedesco or a Munster. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think Supercoach, like, buying guys, like, even though their guns is, like, about the timing, you buy guys, like you said, like, you can't get 100 every week. So, like, if you've already missed, like, four of these big scores, like, it just means you're probably closer to a 65. So, it's, like, I, again, I mean, I love Latrell. He's been amazing the last month for us since he's been back. I, I missed the, I think I've missed the boat with him, so I've sort of resigned to the fact that I'm probably not going to get him. Um and from from a head to head perspective, like that plum matchup in the first week is good, but then come sort of prelim final time, they've got Penrith on a Thursday night, which is you know not ideal. I'll be honest with you. And then the Cowboys, so we've got teams one and two in head to head prelim final and and grand final. So I, I still think we can beat the Cowboys the way we're going, but I mean it's not like as a head to head 
guy, like I think that might be one you might be able to swerve if you can make up for it elsewhere. I'd probably still buy Latrell over Joey Manu, though, at the price. I, w- I, I would as well. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. But, but, but Teddy over both of them for mine. So Yep, 100%. Um, Cam Murray's the other Rabbits player getting brought in. Um, found that a little surprising. He's had, had a good season, Cam. Uh, probably a little bit better than what people are giving him credit for. But at the same time, he's a second row forward that's coming off 69 points on the weekend, which is great. Um, before that, he had a 53, 87 for a three-round average of 75, and average of 62. That's probably as best as he's sort of going to go, though, especially without really any attacking stats on the horizon, probably. So it's one of those buys that I just sort of think, that, I can't say it's bad, but I'm not excited about it. And I'll be controversial and say I would rather, for the same price, have that for feeder upside than bother with a solid, you know, Cam Murray that hasn't had scored one ton this year in round three and probably not going to score another one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I went, again, I, if I was looking to get a second row forward, it'd be for feeder over Murray. Like, I think, at, we've said it a million times, like, I think if at this time of year, I think those edge guys are just a bit more... Just, yes, they might be a bit more volatile, but like they've they've got that that upside. Whereas Murray, like, I mean, he's he's probably my favourite player at the moment, and I'd love to have him. But like like again, is is a, a solid sixty six winning you a head to head game or or jumping up an overall spot? It's yeah, you know, it's probably not. He's probably he's just a slightly better version of Tohu, I reckon, in regards to Super Coach. Yeah. No, I, I tend to agree. And look, Murray's good at times. I just I think they've got a tough draw. His, his ability to get the clutch attack during that's going to be slim. And it's just it's just not enough upside, really. I mean, if you've got plenty of trades and you can make heaps of them, then, yeah, that probably makes more sense. I, I don't think it's bad. I just think that there's other options. And certainly if you've got, you know, four second row forwards already, I, I probably wouldn't bother. I'd probably get yeah. someone else. Um, speaking about someone else, um, pods and bargains. Militalo. Now, Ronnie was the flavour of the month for a little while. And then he kind of fell out of favour a little bit. And now it's a point where he's he's definitely pod status and it's because he's kind of fallen off in his scoring, which is fine. But he's now under 500,000. Now he's got to break even of a, over 100. So you could wait this week. He's only gone 28 and 33 the last two. Uh, it's been three weeks since he scored a try. He's actually only got a five-round average of 44. So, yeah, you could wait. And maybe he's 450,000 next week. But like we said, that's when the run starts. Um, and if you needed one this week, I, I wouldn't even mind buying him this week if you got the money because he's so cheap. He is probably the counter-argument to maybe a Tupo, uh, Andrew, because they've got a better run. And he is someone who has still averaged 63 for the year, and that was 70 before the last five weeks of footy. So the last five weeks of footy for the Sharks, we've already said, is great. It, it could even start this week. I actually think that he's a pretty good chance to score a try this week, Militalo. Uh, and could repay owners with it was sort of a 70 plus type of score. Oh, oh, he's my buy next week. I'll be buying him next week. I've sort of had that in my mind for a while. That like I've got, like I said, I've got Tass sitting there and I can pretty much go from Tass to him with, you know, for 50 to 100K, which is fantastic. I've got that in the bank now. So no, I, 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 I'm sort of hoping people who bought him got frustrated and traded him. I'm not sure if they have, but. I think if you can get him at 470k with semi low ownership, I think he's the play. Just with their draw, like their outside backs, like like I said, that's why I'm staggered. People are selling Talakai. Like these guys are buyers. So all of these guys are buyers. Numbers, well, probably not number one, but numbers two to two to five are buyers, and then everyone's probably got Nico. So like I, I, you can line them all up and, and pick your poison basically. 
Well, let's talk about Nico because I've actually encountered a few teams coming into this week that went, you know, I don't own him. Do I buy him? Do I buy Teddy? Do I buy Munster? And I've gone, oh, Jesus. Like, that's a that's a tough call. Um, look, I've actually thought about this a little bit because I've had to give people advice. And I actually said, look, I think if you can, if you can only have one of Hines or Munster, I've actually told a couple of people to say get Hines just because yeah. of the draw. Um, and if they could get two of them over the next two weeks, um, I kind of said, we'll get Teddy now and get Hines next week. Or for somebody else, I said, you know, get Munster this week, get Hines next week. Um, but I, I just think in every facet of different scenarios or teams that I looked at, I said, you've got to get Hines. And that last five weeks, geez, Hines, Hines only got a 47 last week. He's got a five round of 76, three round of 74, well below his 83 average for the year. He is going to carve from, oh, yeah. I, I even think from this week onwards, like, I even think this week against Seahawks, he's he's going to go at least a 70 plus. And I just, I could not own him, not own him for this week. And he's a guy in this that I think that could be a another dark horse captain. I said, look, I like Munster. I think he'll be a lower captaincy option this week. Hines, I think, will be a very low captaincy option this week because he's playing the Rabbits who are on fire. And there's people that are going Latrell. And, and that's a legitimate argument for this game. You know, do you go see Latrell, see Hines? Mm. Uh, I took a, a semi-risk, and like I said, I, tra- I traded P- Pappy, uh, traded Nico to Pappy and took a punt of the Cowboys and the, the Panthers game. And I think he got 80 and 47, so it's, it's probably worked out a bit par, but like, I, I can't wait to get him back in. Like, I think if you don't have him, he has you have to buy him. Like that's, it's, You can't get any more black and white than that like, because there's every chance he probably have just 95 for the next five weeks. Not this week, you know, hopefully. You know, just a nice, quiet one. Gets the bunnies this week, and then, um, and then, but no, I can't. Like, he's he's getting three tons in his last five games. Like, it's happening. Like, I just can't see anything else, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I I do think if like a VCT doesn't work, you shouldn't be scared of the C Hines. I, I'd go C Hines over a C Cleary this week. He, he just touches the ball. He just touches the ball so much. Like, so he's not. He's never not going to be that far away from something. Yeah, his kicking game's getting better. His goal kicking's getting a little bit better. Like, he just he's just always doing something so and when you do that you just fill your stat sheet 100% um, $1.70 on top sport for the Sharkies I'm going to take that one I, I like them at home uh, next game is the Broncos versus Tigers I'll apologise to both fan bases straight away we're not going to talk much about this one I'm sorry Mam's the fourth most traded out player understand Haas is the first number one most traded in player right now and you know what uh, we've talked about this a little bit so I'm not going to spend much time on it but he got a ton last week. Looked great. I will say that I even looked at Haas because I mentioned that I'm short in front row forward. I've only got two guys that I want to play there. Um, and I looked at it because at 515000 he's fantastic value. There's no two ways about it. I think that he's a really good buy. The problem with it as a buy now is that I don't think you're going to get another ton out of him. And I think that you might be buying a solid 65, which if you don't have a front row forward, Andrew, I think he's probably the number one value guy as far as price point goes because people can't afford a, a Tappany who's, you know, 730000 or whatever. Um, definitely get him. That's great. But if you've got front row forwards, like I've got two that I can play, I'm not going to buy him. Maybe I'll buy him if one of them goes down injured next week, but otherwise I'll just run without him um, because I'd rather go ceiling guys than, than paying Haas. And I, I just think he's a, he's a good buy in a vacuum at 515000 It's a great price point. But if you don't need a front row forward, you probably shouldn't be buying him. No, hundred percent. I reckon a lot of people are like trading like guys like Max King to him. I just, just for me, it's just like and Max King's probably everyone's sort of front row forward number three. Like I just don't think 
like, I don't think it's worth the trade. Like, their house is awesome. My house is better than Kiwi. I'll get that. But is it worth getting six extra points to be a reserve front row? I don't think so. Like I said, like, in a vacuum, it's great. Perfect. You're not going to get half that cheap again. But, like, I, I, I just don't. I've got four front row forwards. So I don't. I don't even look likely playing numbers three and four. Yeah, so like, I'm not, there's no way I'd be wasting a trade to get Haas in for sure. Well, that's the thing that people have to look at, right? Like, look at your best. Look at your best players. You're gonna always reserve a second fullback. You know, if you've got Harry Grant and Robson, you're always going to reserve a hooker as well. Um, and and if you've got um, four gun halves, you're almost always going to reserve the gun halves, which means you've only got starters everywhere else that you're going to play. You're not going to reserve any forwards. And realistically, going forward, I, I, I don't think you really want to reserve any forwards unless you have to, unless it's a really bad week for backs. So it's just, you're not going to use it. You know, if you're starting Max King and you're going to Haas, that's a great trade. If you're not starting Max King and you're going to Haas, that's probably a trade that you should just wait on until you actually need to, if ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, it's just it just seems a, a trade for the sake of getting Payne Haas, super coach great in because he's cheap. Yeah, not and not actually. If yeah, if his name was Joe Smith, like you, you probably sort of go, oh, I'll just probably let that one go. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. he need to go and average eighty five points for the year or something, which he has those runs in him. I mean, he can. He well, yeah, he can, but like, it's a big risk to take. Like I said, for like you, you sort of don't want to be playing him at front row. Like it, it have to be front row for number two. Like you're not, you're not buying him to sit as a your reserve front rower. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'm just going to mention a Matthew Pod in this one, but I think it's more for next year. Hastings, last two weeks is gone. Oh, nice. 13. Yeah, 86 and I'm, Yes. I'm glad you mentioned this. I actually sent this exact thing to a mate of mine today. And it's if it wasn't this late, if this was round nine, he would be a buyer this week. Oh, I mean, you, 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 the first half of the season, you'd absolutely love seeing this. Yeah. You? Like, you'd just be yeah. salivating, just going, I can't wait to get Hastings. Yeah, uh, an 80 minute. Lock playing as a duel in the halves at 400k. Just you know, where do I sign? Um, yeah, no, I, I love it. Love everything about it. He's he's gone raw base the last two weeks has been 52 and 55, which is just outstanding. And 62 and 86 is great against the number one and two best defensive side in the comp in Penrith and the Cowboys. So it's it, it all ticks a lot of boxes. Um, the problem is that you just can't have him in your halves. Like I, I don't think that yeah. he's got the ceiling. Um, and you don't want solid, you want, you know, ceiling guys, 150 guys. And there's too many guys, like, you can run through them all, really, you know, Hines, Cleary, Munster, um, even a drink water. Like, there's these guys that have a big ceiling to ton. He's yeah. just not going to have that, and he's playing for the Tigers. That's all it comes down to. Next year, it's going to be great if he's a dual second-row forward half. That's uh, get him in for next year. Oh, my if God. Yeah, lock and loaded. Yeah. If he's around for draft, like, try and trade for him in draft right now. See how low, you know, owners will, will sell yeah. him for. Um, but yeah. for, for classic, you can't do it. Um, I'm going to be really slack and go completely past this game. I will mention Dewey has been good the last two weeks, but he's got the same problems as Hastings does. You just can't take up that important spot with him. Um, the odds... Yeah, he might be another one. He might be another going for next year as well. When Sheen takes over, he might be a good one to start with next year as a bit of a 100%. Um, Brisbane Broncos are paying $1.12. I'll tell you what. Crikey. I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm gonna give the Tigers... 17.5 points started at $1.90 for the Tigers. Wow. Suncorp Stadium, granted, um, but you can pull that out to plus 22.5 and, and you're going to get $1.61. 
I'm I'm actually going to take that as really good odds for them not to get flogged by 24. They've plus. been they've been well they've been okay the last few weeks. They've been pretty decent. Yeah, and the Broncos are debuting yeah. a um a young center as well, Mariner. Yeah, so you know they've yeah. actually got Mariner and Hoyter on one side. One side, uh, yeah, which is interesting. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I. Well, I think the Tigers might might go really hard this game. Uh, but the second last game is the Knights and the Bulldogs. Now, this one got Caelan Ponger out. Another great talking footy talking point that's going to come up at the end of the week. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, you're, you're, you're going to be a busy oh, man. It's going to be a long one. Um, for the Bulldogs side of things, um, they do have uh, Raymond Fatal and Mariner out injured now. Um Jackson Tuppany goes into the second row forward spot to slot in there. Corey Widdell still has to front the judiciary, I believe. Um, if he's out, you expect to lead a Pangai to maybe go in and start again. Uh, but otherwise, you know, not a lot happening in this one whatsoever. Um, I will say the big takeaway, though, for the Knights is, aside from Ponga, Brody Jones is starting 13 uh, with uh, Fitzgibbon out injured and man in the reserves, not in the top 17, which means... Mitch Barnett is starting on an edge. So when we're talking about six starts, um, Barnett is a guy that's left over in my team. I've been really disappointed with him getting moved back to 13. He's back on an edge. So all of a sudden for me, uh, I'll possibly play him this week because Barnett on an edge for yep. 80 minutes playing yep. the dogs, that's a really good proposition. Uh, so if you've still got him, yep. you know, I'd consider that. You never got on the Barnett train, I take it, mate. No, I was, I was literally had him on my side the whole of year last year. Um, and on an edge, like I said, he's he's not absolute gun status, but he's probably just that tier below. But in the thirteen jersey, it's just yeah, it's it's just sitting on your bench. And thank you for your forty fours. So, pod purchase. This guy started to become popular this week, and a lot of coaches at the pointy end are actually looking at buying him. Matt Burton, one hundred and twenty six points on the weekend, and I have to say, like I, I I'm so regretful that I traded him because I brought him in round nine when he's round st- when his run started and I sold him in like round yeah. uh, 15 or 16. Um, in the last two weeks, he's gone 126 and 83. He's just continued on. It's really remarkable, Andrew. The, the last 10 games of football for Matt Burton, he's only got two games that weren't 70 plus. And that's, mm. it's just, it's crazy. And out of those as well, out of those last 10, he has actually got, half of them that are 80 plus it is ridiculous um and that's after a really bad start to the season so all of a sudden matt burton is someone who doesn't have low scores hardly at all he's got a 28 stinger against the sharks in round 16 other than that in his last 10 his lowest scores 57 um all the rest are 70 plus so not only is he a real pod buy he's coming up to newcastle side that was awful last week and he's missing ponga this week and he's also got uh, the warriors in a couple of weeks as well and the dogs don't have that hard a draw. So it's all of a sudden become a little bit palatable for people to look at him as a pod. Um, when we were talking about Pappenhausen on the last pod, Andrew, I sort of said, I, I like him as a pod, but it's pretty ballsy. I don't think I could do it. Um, and I still sort of stand by that. I think there's too many other options. But, you know, he, he could very well outperform some of the big guns. I, I do really like him at 617,000. I do really like him this week. And... Even though I had him for a lot of this, I, I looked at the numbers today. I was amazed at the consistency the last 10 weeks of his 70 pluses. Yeah, and that only bad game was that real wet weather weekend where everyone had a lot of things. It was basically a swimming pool they were playing where he, where he got the 28. No, 
he's just touching the ball so much as well. And like they're actually using the ball good. You know what I mean? Like they're actually giving it some air and actually sort of throwing the ball around. Like it's since Potter's taken over. Like it's such a tough one because like you gotta leave like a Munster out, you gotta leave a Burton out. Yeah, yeah that's um like or you sort of gotta have the balls to do a sideways one where you go, you know what, Dylan Brown, thanks for your time. Um in you come. It, it's the goal kicking's obviously good. Like there's there's way more positives than negatives, but it's it's do you want like are, are you taking him over uh Brown Walker uh drink water as your second five eight? That's the question you'd ask. I, I don't I don't think like if, if you don't have Munster, you've got to get Munster over this bloke. But if for your second five eight spot, if you've got trades in hand, if if, if yeah, it's if he had that centre wing duel like he might have should have got at the bloody at the start of the year, he's probably your first pick this week. But oh, he'd be great in centre wing. I think what a lot of people are doing, and let's just hit this the last game with this one because there's a lot of trades yeah. to each other here. A lot of people are going drink water, who's the fifth most traded out Cowboys player from that last game, to Burton. And I, yeah. I have to say that I think it's that's a like I would hundred percent if you got Munster and you got Teddy and you got Latrell and you got all those sort of guys then 100% I could see, like, a, I'd go with Dylan Brown to Burton um, unless I really needed yeah. the trades. I'd go with Cody Walker to Burton, like, yesterday. But um, yeah. I've already, in those scenarios, I've got everyone else. I would What I wouldn't do, I'm a drink water owner, and I wouldn't panic and go drink water to him. Um, now, yeah. I think that drink water got roped last week, and a few people were worried about that happening. And, look, he, the thing was, like, the hammer is on the bench. But like I sort of said to a lot of people during the week, look, most of the time on the run that they've got, they're going to have a really good game anyway. So it's not going to matter that he misses 10 or 15 minutes. And that's happened, you know, yeah. in other games as well. Um, yeah, I was going to say, that's not the only game it's happened. There's been a few games where he's played, you know, 68 minutes or 72 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, round nine against the Newcastle Knights, he missed down the last 15 minutes um, and he still scored 74 points. You know, it's it, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter too much. But the problem was that he just had a real stinker of a game. And he was just one of those days. He had his second worst score of the year, and it was just one of those games. And I think that yeah. you know you can't. You got to look more long term than that. You know, it was a bad game all around for the Cowboys against the Tigers. The Tigers really should have won it, which I'm not going to get into. But he's got the Dragons this week. He's got the Bulldogs after that. He's got a tough one against the Roosters. Then he's got the Warriors. Like three out of the next four games, yeah. and matchups you want to buy players for. So you know, the break even is irrelevant at this point. I just think that it's a real sideways trade because Drinkwater's just as likely yeah. to go 100 this week and score better than Burton potentially, you know? So, I... Well, and and they've also got Cotter coming back as well, which is only going to add to you know, things like they go for and stuff, which is going to make his job a lot easier. Well, yeah. So, yeah, like in a vacuum, again, like you said, you'd pro- like, you could sort of see Drinkwater as a trade, but he's the type of guy that goes... You know, in, in 15 minutes, try assist, try assist, line break assist, and he goes from nine to 65 points like that. So it's then I don't think they're the guys you want to be getting rid of. Like I'd probably, if I had drink water, I'd probably keep drink water and ditch brown. Oh, 100% in that, in that scenario. Um, and look, it's drink water as well, um, going all the way up until around 14, only ever missed one week with a try before he scored another one again. He now hasn't scored on for his last four games. Mm. Yeah, and you can see that's not going to continue. Yeah. Even the way he's running the ball, that's not going to continue. So, yeah, he's he's well due for a try this week. He was uh, last try that he scored was against the Dragons in round fourteen. He scored ninety points that game. 
So he's playing them this week. Um, Holmes is actually the, the cowboy on market watch that's most traded in. He's the fourth most traded in player. I got him in last week, like I said. It's going to be a little bit hypocritical of me to say this, Andrew. I don't think he's as good this week. Um, like I, I Sub 600 last week, 595. He's now yep. 665. He's gone up a, a heap. Um, so if, if you've got the money, I think he's a premium center wing and three out of the next yep. four are great. But I just I wouldn't pull your team apart to do it. No, and and like we've said before, like you've you've missed a you've missed a big game. Yeah, I mean, so the whole idea is to try and get them in for the big game. If you've missed a big game, it just means there's probably one less big game they have for the rest of the year. And yeah, again, he's sort of getting up into that, not quite the Manu Garrick territory, but I'd still prefer to have Garrick. Like if you don't have Garrick, I'd prefer to have Garrick. Not this week, obviously, but moving forward. Um and and the thing is, yeah. Like, he's, like you said, he's still a good trader and you'd still like to have him, but I don't think he's an absolute must-have, that's for sure. Yeah, and look, he's, it's only the second um, ton that he scored this year uh, as well. So mm. you, you've just missed his best score of the year at 119. Now, I, I do actually think that he'll probably get another ton just because of their draw, um, but I think that you had to get him last week. So it's, I don't think it's a bad buy. Like I'm coming off sounding like it's a bad I don't think it is. If you've got as much money as you can spend and you need a premium centre wing and you've got all the other guys go for it, get Valentine Holmes. He's still a really good buy, but I just wouldn't be um, you know, sacrificing a second trade to generate the money to get him in now. I think the time to buy him was last week if you needed to do something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. Last game of the round, um, I'll even say that a Hail Mary, though, if you do home uh, Holmes or drink water, um, Hail Mary um, captaincy option might be one of those guys if you're in a tight head-to-head and you need an upside at the end of the week. Um, the Dragons gave up 54 points to the Roosters. This might be that type of game as well, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And maybe another one for, ne- for next year as well. Luciano sort of just sort of easing his way into that. Like if he gets an edge spot next year for mm. for them, I think he'll be a, lo- a lovely little buy next year, I reckon. This is a Jubilee Stadium, but still a minus seven and a half line against the Cowboys after that effort last week. $1.85 for that. I'll eat that up all day for the Dragons. Um, I reckon they're going to give up eight points easily. So, all over that one. Um, Andrew, that is the podcast. Really appreciate you jumping on. Really appreciate you getting on for a super coach one as well, especially when you're almost ranked in the top 500. You're doing better than me, mate. No, oh, mate, like I said, I, I, this is the type of stuff I love chatting about. So it's, it's great to jump on, mate. It's always good to chat to you. That's for sure. Well, thanks very much. We'll get you on again. Uh, if anyone wants to listen to Andrew and his mates chat about sport and everything in between you can hear the we got the chocolates podcast and jump on that everywhere but for this podcast jump on soundcloud follow us there itunes as well uh, spotify audible amazon we're everywhere jump on twitter and follow us nrl underscore sc underscore all stars and make sure you use the promo code for top sport that's sc all stars all one word when you create an account and it'll take great care of you at top sport thanks very much for listening Good luck with your super coach trades this week make sure you listen to the talk and footy podcast at the end of the week dropping on friday can't wait for the games of footy. Can't wait to chat it all about again real soon with everyone. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get 